If you are a Braveheart, the next hour is just for you. Welcome to Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold. In this program, you'll learn who the Bravehearts are and connect with them to help change the world. By doing so, you'll be changed for the better. Now, here is your host, Brian Reinbold. And welcome, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. You're tuned into VoiceAmerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today, we're going to talk about creating peace together. You can connect with us at BraveheartsForKids.org and BraveheartsRadio.org where you can find all the past episodes in the show links section. And you can also find a Donate Now button if you like the work that we're doing and would like to help us continue this. Today I have uh, as uh, my guests Natasha and Lorenz Sell, creators of the Sutra Learning Platform. And uh, just a just a quick background. Uh, it's a, a background story, which uh, I'll, I'll I'll hope to make a connection here. About thirty years ago, I used to go out to Hedinger, North Dakota, and in uh, in Hedinger, I would uh, I would when I'd stay overnight in this small town, I would uh, go to the cozy hut for coffee with the uh, the business people in the morning. And uh, except for uh, Linda Weaver, hi Linda. It was mostly uh, the businessmen. Uh, the uh, one of the guys there was Al McIntyre, and he uh, he owned the radio station in Hedinger. And he would ask me if I wanted to come on to uh, his radio show, and it was called uh, This, That, and the Other Thing, or TTO. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's a stretch for me to make a connection, but I just uh, completed a, uh, a program uh, that uh, uh, Natasha and Lorenz offer at uh, the Sutra uh, Learning uh, called Transformational Teaching Online. And uh, that's my modern version of TTO. So welcome, Natasha and Lorenz. It's great to have you here on Bravehearts Radio. Hi, Brian, and hello to everyone listening. We're very happy to be here. Hi, Brian. So good to be with you. Thank you. You know, I, I uh, the uh, transformational teaching was uh, a great experience, and one of the things that that I I do a, a lot of is speaking and training workshops and so forth with people, and it's always been live, and making the making the uh, transition to uh, our, our new. Uh, our new world, our new reality, where we are doing a lot more online, on video. Uh, I think recently we we had a conversation um, where we I, I mentioned that I, I had spent eight hours one day on Zoom, but when I checked my phone, I hadn't made or received a single phone call. And do, do you find that to be kind of true with with the work that you're doing now too? Yeah, we spend a lot of time on Zoom, and and it's interesting, like the distinction between you know live and and I guess when you say live, you 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 mean in person, um, because right, you know what I think online can get a bad rap in in terms of suggesting that um, you know with the proliferation of all these different social platforms that it kind of creates a disconnect and and this you know like attention distraction economy. Um, and, and I think like, like all things, it's really about how you use it. And, you know, what's, what's amazing about online is, is, is really what it offers in terms of connection when it's used with intention and, and the way that, um, you can really have, uh, group spaces where there's a very deep level of presence, a very deep level of, of communication, um, and, and, and the convenience that that offers as far as just geography, as far as people from everywhere all around the world being able to connect, um, and, and, you know, and, and meet each other that might otherwise never meet each other in, in deep ways. Um, there's something really powerful there, but, but it, it, it does, um, you know, and this is kind of what our course is about. It, it takes really, um, a, a different approach. It really takes understanding how to work with the online environment to 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 make that emerge. 
Well, there's there's two aspects to working with the. I, I think of it as kind of a left brain right brain thing where you you need to be uh, technically uh, proficient with uh, with the um, uh, the the platform uh, Zoom, for example, and then you also need to be um, proficient in uh, the uh, connectivity, the uh, relational experiences, and and what you describe as presence, and that seems to be such a very important part of of the uh, the learning experience that that I had at uh, at TTO and and uh, through Sutra and. Um, that uh, presence and is a is a really important part of of when we're talking about creating world peace, um, which is the bigger subject that we're talking about today. Um, that, and that uh, I guess I'd just let you expand on that. Mm, thank you, Brian. Yeah, I just wanted to also touch on the fact that you know the way that our world has shifted due to this COVID pandemic. You know. There's so many incredible teachers and facilitators and um, even retreat, you know, holders and space holders in the world who, who do a really fantastic job, such as yourself, holding space in person, right? That presencing, you know, when you have a room full of people, you can take the pulse of the room and you can tune into the energy of the room to know um, which which direction to kind of take the group. And that's a very palpable feeling when you're together in the same room. And now are kind of, you know, we're, we're readjusting and figuring out how to do that online, right, through Zoom, through these other video conferencing uh, platforms. And that's kind of, that's, that's the area that we have been exploring and, and doing our work in is really, how do we practice and tune into that energetic space between each other online? And how do we presence presence uh, what's there between each other online? And so you can really have the same kind of expansive feeling that you have when you're in person with people, but you can do it through looking at each other in these little Zoom squares, right, on, online. Um, and I'll let Lorenz speak to the to the world peace and how we really bring that into our work and how that's really been the foundation and the inspiration for the work that we do. Okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll just add a couple of nuances there around the the, the presence factor because I, I think that's really, you know, that's <clears throat> that's really at the heart of, of what's emerged for us. Like we set out... Um, 10 years ago, really with this question, this inquiry around world peace and bringing more love into the world. And, and at some level, you know, that sounds like this big, broad, abstract concept. Um, but, but for us, it was, it was really a process of, you know, what does it mean? And how do we get really grounded with a practical approach to that? Not, not you know, that this is the only approach to it, because I'm, you know, there's many approaches to, to, to creating peace and connection and, and bringing love into the world. But but we wanted to find our particular approach to it. Um, and, and a lot of that really came through with, with these kinds of relational spaces that, that we're creating now online. And, and this, this factor of presence is, is really key because I, I think what wasn't obvious to me before and that's really become um, central to the work now is, is really seeing presence in a different light. I think, you know, I used to have this understanding of presence, maybe more in the, um, in the like Eckhart Tolle, like the power of now, you know, like be present, like here in the moment. But really what, you know, as, as I've discovered presence on a deeper level, it's, it's also the spectrum that's there, that there is, there is actually like a very deep thing, very deep spectrum of things to become present to here in the moment, that there's, the, you know, there's this like infinitely expanding territory of what I can be present to within myself, within another, within a space, and that with that presence, what emerges is understanding, is, is really a capacity to really be with each other, and, and, that's, and, and, that cre- and that's the piece. That's the piece, is, is when, when a group of people can really become present no matter how uh, how difficult the situation might be, that when they can become deeply present to what's there for them 
and not just what's there for them, but also the historical context of what brought them there, the ancestral context of what brought them there, when all of that can be present in a deep relational way, then I would say, you know, peace becomes inevitable. And, and, that's, and that's really the deeper aspect of what our work is about. You know, the, the, uh, the, I find that the more I talk with people, the smaller the world gets. And when, you know, you say, talk about ancestral uh, connections and uh, coming from North Dakota, uh, where I grew up, um, uh, one of the questions that you, you, you'd normally ask somebody is, hey, where are you from? And because uh, most of the people that you'd meet in North Dakota were from North Dakota, and it wasn't like there was a lot of people moving in. Uh, but if you, I found that uh, people would be from a certain part of the state. You know, it was a small town with long streets is how I describe it. Because if you if you know a name, you say, Reinbold, oh, are you from Hebron? You say, no, but my dad grew up there. And mm. there's, I think there's, I think there's, um, there's, there's an opportunity for connection because uh, when I say the, the more you talk to people, the smaller the world gets, I, I really believe that if we look for similarities with people, we will find them. If we look for differences, we will find differences. Mm. Yeah, mm. There's, <clears throat> and there's a lot to, be become, to become present to and embrace in, in those similarities and, and differences because they really... Um, they really paint our humanity, you know, and it's interesting, even in the differences, I always find, you know, on a personal reflection is, I always find that when I, um, when a person's difference becomes very notable to me, when it kind of activates something within me, it's usually because that difference is not that different. It's usually because that difference is really a mirror for something inside myself that I'm not quite settled with. Um, And when I can really become present to that, uh, it actually creates um, a really powerful common ground. Yeah. Well, and it, it would, uh, you remind me of everything. Reminds me of a story, but it reminds me of one of the uh, uh, one of the breakout sessions that I did with the um, uh, in the in the transformational teaching, where I was uh, um, viewing or participating in um, uh, Tom McSteen's uh, or his presentation. And he asked, uh, one of the things he asked was to, to describe a conflict. And I was thinking, man, I, I had such a hard time thinking of a conflict that I had because I don't really feel like I have a lot of conflicts now. But then I thought about a guy I didn't get along with at one point. And um, I, I remember um, at one point realizing, well, you know, the, the reason that, I, that we don't get along or that I, that I, that I dislike him is that I see something of myself in him that I dislike in myself. And uh, yeah. when, I, when, I told, when I told Sherry that, uh, man, I got the biggest hug because like uh, that was, a, that was a, a, big, uh, a big point in self-awareness, I guess. So um, recognizing that, um, you know, what we, what we like in others, what we dislike in others is probably something that uh, we see in ourselves. Gosh, wouldn't it be nice if we could just spread that out into the world so that everyone could really, really feel that way. And one of the one of the other things that I really, you know, love experimenting with in our in our program and also just the webinars that we run is um, this embodied communication and really connecting to what the body wants to communicate and kind of coming. There's so much so much happening in our headspace these days. We're just so much in our minds and absorbing so much information coming at us and thinking, thinking, thinking. But really when we tune into, okay, where in my body do I feel this? And what is the, what is it, what is the tension there? And what is that really, what, how does that make me feel? And like really tuning into that space of this deeper intelligence of the body, um, that to me is always profound, like the wisdom that can come from those places whenever there's any kind of tension in a relationship or, um, you know, so to say, conflict or just any kind of uh, friction, I guess, uh, or, or something that doesn't feel smooth or in the flow, um, just to tune into that different way of kind of thinking about it or coming into the body thinking awareness around it. And one thing about, uh, you know, one thing I, I, I wind up feeling is uh, feeling that things are going so well in the show that we uh, get behind on getting to a break. 
Uh, and uh, we're going to be taking a quick break uh, back on Bravehearts Radio on the other side of 60 Seconds. Stick with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Bravehearts Radio is sponsored by Bravehearts for Kids, a national pediatric pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the Mission Specialist. You're tuned in to voiceamerica.com, where we're the leader in live Internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today we're talking about creating peace together. You can connect with us, braveheartsforkids.org. Connect with our guests, uh, Natasha and Lorenz Sell the creators of the Sutra Learning Platform. Find that uh, sutra, S-U-T-R-A dot co, C-O. Uh, or email Natasha, Natasha at sutra dot C-O. And, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're setting up our retreats and we're setting up our summits uh, that, that we do, um, that I've done as, as the mission specialist. Um, by uh, by Zoom and uh, I, I will be using the Sutra platform that we uh, you know did some did some learning with. I tend to take classes over again. It's not like I um, uh, it's not like I don't get uh, great value from from learning something, but I I have found that uh, uh, taking a, taking something over again. Um, uh, I'm just I have a compound learning effect. Um, and you know, I, I will I will jokingly uh, talk. You know, when I when I meet a, a young child, I'll ask him, "What grade are you in?" You know, and they're, they're like, "Oh, I'm in third grade," and I'll I'll say, "Oh, that was my favorite two years." You know, and um, <laughs> one of the thing one of the things that's most difficult about doing radio for me is knowing how long to pause after a joke for the laughter. Um, and you know, people that know me well, they might say, "Well, Brian, you really don't need to pause at all." But um, uh, you know, the uh, uh, we, we t- we've talked about a lot of things. Um, you know, that one of the things that um, uh, is is really important to me is the the idea of the mystical experience. And um, I I, ha- I describe my own uh, spirituality as a. Uh, a mystical experience because uh, it's uh, and, and and that being something that transcends the religious traditions that I grew up with, um, a, a, an experience that, that a direct experience with the divine, uh, something I, I often refer to as the authentic voice, uh, that quiet voice that speaks to us for, from within, that um, speaks not not in words but in understanding. And uh, when I, I remember the uh, my, my experience was that when I put the understanding into words, the words were something like, like, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? 
And then that changed to, I expect something from you. And um, so th- that's my, my my own mystical experience. And Lorenz, you'd mentioned that uh, that you'd had a mystical experience, but without going into detail, that uh, that changed your vision of of the possibility of world peace, right? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a very distinct night uh, in 2011, and to to be honest, I had never thought about world peace before that. I mean, other than it just being a kind of a cultural term, I'd never thought of it as a concept that was really relevant in my life. Um, and and it's interesting, you know, to try to even describe the experience. I mean, I'm not even sure that I, I have the words for it, but you really articulated so well because it's it, it wasn't so much the, the words to describe it, it was more the understanding that came out of it. And, and the understanding that came out of it was just a distinct sense of the possibility of world peace. I just, I felt it as a possibility on this planet. And I felt that it was something that it was my purpose to contribute to. And then, so I, I came out of that experience, um, just a, a, a radically different person in a way. I mean, the same person, but with a, with a, a very different orientation. And, and I, I like to say at that time, I really had no idea what I was going to do, but I had a, I had a, a very strong sense of direction. I was like, this, this is it. I don't know what it is, but this whole world peace thing. And I remember going to my friends at the time I was, um, I was living in San Francisco and I went to my friends and I was like, I'm moving to New York and I'm working on world peace. And they were like, Okay, dude. <laughs> um, but it was that strong for me, and I was really, I was really committed to, to getting grounded. You know, it, it felt like a call that I could um, almost not, not, not answer. And and so, you know, ten years later, that that call has very much led to the work that we're doing today. Well, there's 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 something that um, I've, I've said for a long time is that uh, um, knowing is better than believing. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a sense of, you know, when you, when you listen to that authentic voice, it's like, I can't put it into words and I can't explain it, but I just know this. It sounds like that's your experience too. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Knowing is better than, uh, <clears throat> than believing. There's a, there's a great quote that says something along the lines of the truth believed is a lie. Have you ever heard that? The, the, the truth, the truth believed. It's a, is a lie. Hmm. So it's 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 kind of like a play on like when something comes out of the realm of direct experience, it it becomes something that's believed, and and oh, as yeah. soon as it becomes something that's believed, it's it's um, you know it's no longer this truth in this kind of like cosmic divine sense. You know, it's like the truth is 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 something that's that's just known as a as as a direct experience. It's almost transcends belief or it doesn't need belief. And I I think that's a, you know, that's maybe deeper than we want to go right now, just as far as, you know, the many things on this planet that are, that are believed that then create a conflict because there's a, you know, when, when you're dealing with belief, it, it, it can lend to disagreement because a person has different kinds of beliefs and it's a, it's a rich territory. It's a rich territory. It is, you know, there's, there, that, that, that's a, that's a whole channel on the, on the radio, you know, to, uh, dealing with, um, the depth of, of the, of this conversation at this point, because we, you know, getting into the idea of, um, I, I think of a, a book called um, uh, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. And C.S. Lewis, uh, of course, did a whole lot of writing besides the Narnia Chronicles. And um, well, he tells the story of, a, of an officer uh, in the Royal Air Force. And uh, I can't remember the exact context, but the officer had, had something to say along the lines of, I've been with the infinite alone in the, des- in the desert. And when you've when you've been face to face with the infinite, all of your texts and your books and your ideas don't mean much anymore. And it's that sense of of knowing that uh, that that's that maybe that's something that people say. I feel it in my bones. Mm-hmm. That, that's a bodily mm-hmm. feeling to it. 
Yeah, and there's something really in um, it's it's a difficult territory to really uh, explore because when something gets put in this bucket of like, well, you have to have a direct experience of it, you know, and and maybe that's not available as a direct experience, you know, on on demand for somebody. And uh, but there, and I don't know how that becomes more available to people. I I, I do think there's something in this. Um, in this question of presence that, that we're talking about, that, that really when, when people are given permission to really become present to what's going on inside them, you know, to really presence that on an embodied level, that that, that kind of infinitimacy, I've been trying to invent a word there, but the infinitude of, of your own experience begins to open up. It's really, you know, I, 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 um, Natasha and I were very influenced by our experiences at the Burning Man Festival. And one of the things that is very present there is that it's an, it's an environment of unconditional acceptance. And so at some level, it's, it's absolutely chaotic. But at the same time, it's absolutely harmonious. And, and, you know, one of the things that happens there is that there is, there is no repression and there's no judgment. And then it really uh, creates an environment where people are empowered to just come into um, a level of self-expression that, that they have never encountered before. And, and in that, in that really becoming present to who they are, they discover that, you know, a, a version of that uh, in, in infinite, infinite presence, and, and it's really transformative. Yeah, the in, yes, in, in, I'm sorry, in, infinitude. Go ahead, Natasha. No, I just wanted to add that this really, you know, that, that feeling, you know, that you just feel but hard to put in words, but that, that's kind of the thread that's been um, guiding us to, to do what we do. And we've been through many challenges and iterations and prototypes and kind of uh, like, kind of like finding our way in the dark until we, we find like a little crack, you know, and, and, and into the light and just kind of follow that direction to really understand how do we bring that feeling of, uh, that Lorenzo has described that we, we experience the Burning Man and at other um, retreats or other environments where we really feel that presence with other people and with ourselves and, and with something that's, you know, uh, higher outside of ourselves. And, um, and it's been this kind of really interesting, now that I look back on it, it's been this thread that's been guiding us all along, even though we kind of stumbled our way and weren't sure where to go, but it's brought us to this place. And now with, with COVID and with so much, uh, so much of the teaching and content and relationship, relationships going online, now we're kind of in this space of um, how do we really bring this feeling of not non-judgment and full acceptance and um, sharing in a way that just opens opens people up to presence and kind of surface what's there for them and share it with each other because I really I personally truly believe that transformation happens in small groups when we're able to share from this deeper authentic place. Um, that's where uh, we transform and that's where the space that we're in with the people that are there transforms we we become something else um and that's kind of it's it's really interesting just to see how um the, this guiding like force i mean lorenz has really been the one who who came up with this you know trajectory of working towards world peace and i joined him on that uh path but it's interesting to see how all along the way people come in and there's like, you know, like, I guess like angels come into your life to support that and to guide you and to encourage you, even when things are really hard and difficult and you're really in the dark, that they just come in and shine just enough light for you to take the next step and, and, and then the next step and the next step. And then, um, getting to a place where you really feel like, wow, okay, now we're doing something that we are inspired and that inspires us and where we really are of service to other people who, um, who are wanting to bring their work online and create these kinds of relational spaces where people feel a deep and meaningful connection to themselves and to each other online in this time. 
And when when you when you say creating world peace, I'm I'm thinking you know there's, um, I, I don't know that there's ever been a time where there wasn't you know someone at war with someone else, and uh, mm. I, I don't know that peace is not just the absence of war. It's more more along the lines of acceptance, isn't it? That's a good question. You know the exact definition of of world peace, and um, I almost I don't know if I would. <laughs> hazard an answer for it you know it's in I think in um, in my world it's just something that I'm in service to and continually listening to um, to kind of guidance around around that and, and how to be in, in service to it what it looks like exactly does it mean a world without war does it I think it means more than a world without war is uh, is what's there for me. You know, it, it it really means a way of being together, and and that's that's what our work is really about is is um, really stepping into new ways of being together, of 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 uh, listening to each other, of of tuning into what's present in a space, of working with what's present in a space. So it's it's relational and it's very intelligent in in the context of that relational space between people. It's really learning to, to navigate that, that territory that is um, within oneself, between one and another, or between a group of people. Um, and so in, in that capacity, there's something for me that emerges as, 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 a, as a key building block for peace, is that when, when as, a, as, a, as a global humanity, um, more people are, are are able to step into that way of being uh, than than this thing called peace uh, can begin to emerge. Yeah, it's it's uh, it it seems that um, as you describe peace, it's it's something more along the lines of um, just the natural state of things rather than um, rather than something to um, I don't. To, to um, be directed towards something that emerges. Yeah, you know, I, I, it's it's you know, it's a tricky territory. The natural state of things. Um, I, you know, a metaphor <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about recently yeah. is, um, you know, when you like this metaphor of like the the acorn that becomes the oak tree. You, you uh-huh. know, that 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 thing is in a process of growth, and you, if you just look at that seed, you 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 know that the there's a growth trajectory there that um, that is part of the natural uh, state of things. So I, I always, yeah. when I when I really think about kind of there's the micro and the macro, and there's everything, and there's the universe as a whole, and everything yeah. within it, you know. And then there's the the, the journey of that, and um, I don't know what the natural state of things is. It's, <laughs> you know, that's exactly that's a that's a great observation because you know the natural state of things. Lions eat gazelles and stuff like that. You know, so it's like the gazelle doesn't think it's a very peaceful world. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, it is it's it's like you know the the ex, uh, example of perspective that I, that I shared with you a while ago. The uh, the idea that um, when I turned fifty, uh, the 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 last year was 2% of my life. But to a five-year-old, the last year is 20% of their life and probably half of what they remember. So, you know, Christmas 2017 to a five-year-old is forever. And that's why it, it seems that the years go by so much faster as we get older because uh, they're, they're just a smaller part of our, of our entire life. Uh, so it's a, that's a matter of perspective. So then, you know, what's a natural state of things could, could actually be a matter of perspective, right? Yeah. And, and, and I think you're making a really powerful point there, which is, um, the question of perspective and, and the role that plays in, um, in creating a peaceful world, you know, the way that things occur to a person, um, you know, there's the classic, classic example of, um, you know, someone throws something to you, and if it occurs to you like a stick, or it occurs to you like a snake, you're going to respond <laughs> in very different ways. So, so that that perception is actually a, a you know a key function in in how uh, people will respond, and it actually allows a, a more natural response. It's, it's not when something just occurs to you differently, 
you don't have to train yourself to respond differently. You know, like when someone throws a stick to me and I think it's a stick, I might reach out my hand and try to grab it. I don't need to be trained to do that. But if it mm-hmm. occurs to me like a snake, I'm going <laughs> I'm gonna respond in a very different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're going to go to another break, and we'll come back uh, on the other side of 60 seconds. You know, one of the things that, uh, when you think perspective, uh, you know, there's the, uh, the, the question, what, what do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back? That's a stick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, stick, stick with us on Bravehearts Radio with uh, Natasha and Lorenz Sell from Sutra. Uh, we'll be back on the other side of 60 seconds. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Bravehearts Radio is sponsored by Bravehearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. You're tuned in to voiceamerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio. I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today, we're talking about creating peace together with Natasha and Lorenz Sell, the creators of the Sutra Learning Platform. You can find out more about Sutra at sutra.co, S-U-T-R-A.co. Email Natasha at sutra.co. Co. And, uh, you know, if you want to connect with me on Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org or, um, you know, connect on LinkedIn. We've made some tremendous connections on LinkedIn for uh, show uh, uh, show guests. And um, um, going into the third segment, I always say a little bit about the National Day Calendar, NationalDayCalendar.com. Our friends... Uh, uh, Marlo and Alice Anderson in Mandan, North Dakota, great supporters of the Brave Hearts for Kids Pediatric Cancer Charity. Uh, and uh, today, the 17th of August, is Black Cat Appreciation Day. I Love My Feet Day. Uh, Massachusetts Day. Uh, Nonprofit Day. And Thrift Shop Day. And Nonprofit Day, you know, I, I do work for the Brave Hearts for Kids Pediatric Cancer Charity, and uh, I took the, the took the title Mission Specialist. And I know there's always a question about why do you call yourself the Mission Specialist? Well, the uh, founders of um, of uh, Brave Hearts for Kids are Jeremy and Amy Jacobs down in Houston, and Jeremy's one of the one of the people that runs NASA. 
um, his, his dad always called him uh, my son, the rocket scientist. I, I always thought he was, you know, speaking metaphorically because uh, he was, you know, I, you know thought, well, I'm proud of my kids too, you know, but um, didn't realize he was one of the guys that runs NASA. But I, I took the title mission specialist because I don't fly the rockets. I just help make sure the mission gets done. And I found I've been doing that my whole life working with nonprofit organizations. Uh, so if you uh, if you have a nonprofit organization and you'd like some help with something, let me know, and um, I'm happy to help out where I can. Uh, you know, we were talking about perspective, and um, uh, earlier when we were having a conversation, uh, Lorenz and Natasha, we were talking about uh, Burning Man, and I was thinking. You know, I'm, I'm familiar with that. I know I've heard about that. And for some reason, Denzel Washington came to mind. And uh, in in the interim, I, I looked it up. And, and, of course, Denzel Washington starred in a movie in 2004 called Man on Fire. So different from Burning Man. But uh, maybe tell, tell, tell us a little bit about uh, the, the journey from, uh, from that to uh, the, uh, the, the vision and world peace. Hmm. Thank you. Yes, Burning Man also ends with um, setting a wooden man on fire to kind of symbolize, uh, you know, letting go, building something beautiful and then letting it go. Um, so, yeah, so the, I can speak a little bit about the journey. So the, the the idea and the vision kind of that feeling of world peace and then um, feeling around to understand how to practically ground that into something that is um, available to people. And I remember we started out with an idea to really, con- that that peace comes from within. And when people feel at peace, they feel connected to their heart. And so how do we support and encourage people to follow their heart and do what they love? And so Lorenz and I began our first startup company in 2012. And um, that was all about supporting independent vendors to do what they love. And um, the idea behind it was that they would uh, cross-promote each other and support each other and share resources and best practices with each other to kind of uplift the whole community as a whole. But we realized that that um, that that whole process was a, a lot more transactional. Um, and we pivoted from that in in focusing on, and, and also we, we tried, you know, we, we went through many different pivots and, and, and kind of feeling around for what landing, what it is for us like from, um, you know, going into, in New York City, there's a lot of co-working spaces and kind of uh, trying to work with the people in the co-working spaces and connecting them and sharing resources and knowledge with each other. And um, then we were very lucky to uh, partner up with the Harvard Program in Refugee Trauma and um, help them run their blended learning program, which combined in-person training for the Global Mental Health Trauma and Recovery Program. Uh, it was an in-person, two-week in-person training program and then a seven-month follow-up online program. And so we got to pilot sutra in this learning context and we realized that you know really the the learning entry point is where um, the community is and can come together and connect around this way of being together online so that's where we pivoted and made sutra into a learning platform um, that brings people together in meaningful ways and have been since 2015 um iterating and evolving the platform to really build technology and features that can support this kind of deeper way of communicating and connecting online. you want to add something, Lauren? No, I think, I think you got most of it. I, I just want to give a little bit of credit to um, a body of work that we encountered in 2014, which was um, a course from the Presencing Institute, which is uh, a course that's created by um, a professor named Otto Scharrer out of MIT. Um, and so at that point, we'd already spent three or four years really researching and working with different things around trying to bring people together. And we did this course, and they had 30,000 people online, and they broke us up into groups of five people. Um, and that, that experience was like a 10-week experience where we came out of that with a very deep sense of relationship, real relationship to, to the people in, in the program. 
and it really crystallized this idea for us that the way that people feel connected is through small groups. And that, so after that, we actually wrote the first line of um, what became, what is now Sutra, uh, the first line of the code. Um, and, and it sort of really crystallized a lot of the work that we do now around really looking at small groups and how learning can be a catalyst uh, for connection within, within groups and, um, and how that really creates a sense of, um, can create a transformative environment where people communicate, connect um, at very deep levels of awareness. That's and and you, you have been working with some uh, some really uh, bright people along the way. I think uh, it seems like uh, I I see uh, uh, Harvard and MIT and and then you know just the people that I've that I've had the privilege of meeting uh, through the group. Uh, what a what a terrific uh, cadre of individuals. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, I mean these are all. Even, even you know, the, we, we've worked with people out of the United Nations and program out of the United Nations, but, you know, these are just people who are doing great work in wanting to bring people together and um, creating these kinds of spaces where people can share on a more deeper level. And for us, uh, you know, one of the turning points I remember in our journey was we kept trying to find, you know, who are we... Who's our, who, who's our, who's, who are our customers? Who are, who's our market? And then the, the pivot was when we realized that the question we should be asking ourselves is, who are we inspired to serve? And once we were clear on that, and that is really the people who want to bring people who really want to touch other people's lives, who want to have impact in the world, um, once we were clear on that, then kind of our whole, kind of the whole energy of, of how we were working and and what we were working towards shifted, and um, and here we are. And indeed, and and you are what we describe as a brave heart. You know the 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 idea of brave heart is uh, is someone with the courage to be of service to others. And we you can also find uh, uh, sticking with my Albert Schweitzer theme. Uh, you know, talked uh, about Albert Schweitzer a little bit last week with DeAndre Rudis and. Uh, Albert Schweitzer is one of my original mentors, and he said, I don't know what your destiny will be, but I do know that the only ones among you who will be truly happy are those who have sought and found a way to serve others. And it's mm-hmm. this uh, this idea that, uh, you know, there's one of my favorite books is something called The Go-Giver. And uh, there's a, a famous question. It's it's not in the it's not the Go Giver book, but it's kind of along the lines of the same thing. It's um, there's there's a, a W I I F M. What's in it for me? And uh, uh, you know the the, uh, the the better way to you know, the the service and the happiness thing is what's in it for you or what's in it for them. And, uh, and 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 it's kind of it's it's maybe it's a secret maybe it's the new secret I don't know. Well, that's also kind of bringing back to Burning Man. That's really what inspires us about Burning Man is that every single person that comes to Burning Man is always comes in service of creating magic for others without any expectation of anything in return. It's always what can I give? How can I serve? What can I create so that others can? Um, can have an incredible experience. And a, a, yeah, and a book that, yeah, go ahead, Lorenz. Oh, I was just going to share, you know, just before we got on the call, you shared with me a quote that I actually wrote down, service to others is how we generate happiness. And I just think it's so true. You know, when, for me, when I have a feeling that I've gen- genuinely impacted another human being in a way that's palpable and observable, um, there's, there's, there's really no greater satisfaction. There's really nothing that just feels um, you know, on a deep embodied level, um, in, 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 in nothing that is more rewarding. You know, and you, um, you mentioned quotes, and I, I have uh, I have a lot of a lot of favorite quotes. Um, you know, one that that put us together originally is uh, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive, and go do it, because what the world needs is more people who have come alive. Uh, that's from Howard Thurman, and uh, it was a discussion with um, Roger Dieterle at the Spirit of the Badlands uh, retreat in Medora, North Dakota. We were talking about uh, my uh, my favorite quote from Howard Thurman, he, and he uh, uh, ultimately connected me with um, 
Patricia Neal and uh, through uh, Patricia and Craig Neal at the at the Center for uh, the CPL Center for um, I can't think leadership. of it. Purposeful leadership. Pur- purposeful. Yeah, get the what was the P? Purposeful. Purposeful leadership, uh, and uh, uh, and then that's a, that's where we met. You know, so uh, that that quote. Um, uh, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it, uh, because what the world needs is more people who have come alive. And I think that's when people when people do what makes them come alive. I I, I reckon what happens is they find out that's what the world wanted after all. Mm. And you, yeah, you, and I'll, you, I'll just add that the, the the thread of of really trusting of of really stepping into what can sometimes seem seem like an abyss of the unknown, and and trusting that if it's if it's truly true to you um, and and truly in service to others that that somehow the universe will um, rearrange itself to support you in in that work mm-hmm yep now, there's another quote about that stepping out uh, I can't think of think can't think of um, exactly how that one goes maybe you know it's stepping out uh, it's um, uh, when we uh, if we st- when we step out into space, we we uh, we believe that uh, either God will break our fall or give us wings, something to that effect, you know. <laughs> and sometimes I misquote quotes, but maybe they turn out okay anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is it's it, it's an absolute pleasure every time I get to talk to uh, uh, the the two of you or or either of you at when when we are on online meetings together it's a it's a real treat for me and i you know after uh, being in the uh uh transformational teaching online course i i started thinking man i i really miss you guys you know um and uh i, I want to thank uh our listeners for joining us today uh we've been talking about creating peace with natasha and Lorenz sell uh, Brave Hearts Radio on the Voice America channel. Remember to check us out at BraveHeartsForKids.org. Please consider donating now. And uh, check out Sutra, S-U-T-R-A dot C-O. Um, if you're interested in our video workshops, email me at uh, Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Please plan to join us every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Next week, we'll be talking about how to tell the story of your purpose-driven brand. And we'll have as our guest Park Howell. He's the owner and founder of The Business of Story and the author of Brand Bewitchery. Remember that doing good anywhere does good everywhere. And we'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining us this week for Brave Hearts Radio. Be sure to tune in for another edition featuring your host, Brian Reinbold. The show can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again next time.